Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Great. How are you guys doing? Good evening and welcome to what you're going to start it. I was about to say good evening and welcome to Silk and Sugar episode four with myself, Michael Elijah Day. And we're particularly enamored this week to have a very special guest in Mike El Cyclone Ayala. How's it going, Mike? Thank you, sir. Uh, good, good. How about you guys? How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing really good here, Mike. This is really an honor to um, be able to sit here and talk with you. I'm looking forward to this. All of us are going to have a good time. Let's get in. Oh, the honor is mine. Thank you. If we start with current affairs, namely last night in Abu Dhabi, we saw Dimitri Bouvol pitch uh, a virtual shutout over Gilberto Ramirez mm-hmm. at the uh, Etihad Arena last night. Now, I think Bouvol is one serious fighting machine, but it's fair to say that the performance and the commitment from Ramirez was a little disappointing, would you not say, uh, Silk? Personally, I wasn't disappointed. I wouldn't expect anything more from him. I had not really anything on him prior to this fight. So looking at him, I was a little bit surprised that he was he was as game as he was. Um, I think a lesser fighter probably would have folded under under um, the kind of attack that Bivol has because he is a very, you know, he's got many levels to him. And obviously he wasn't pushed out there last night. But he is a very good fighter, an exceptional fighter. And he'll be one to... You know, that's that's someone to deal with in the future. That's a problem. Uh, Mike Ayala, I believe you were a little bit disappointed and were expecting a bit more from Zodo. I was. I was very disappointed because, uh, you know, the hype, especially with the Hispanic era where I'm from, and, uh, you, know, I loved, you know, the talk was about the surdo and, and uh, you know, the hype and the fights and stuff. I was disappointed that he didn't, you know, when you fight for the title, you know, uh, it's a, it's, it's a different, it's a different, uh, and you know what I'm talking about, Mike, when you fight for the championship yeah. of the world, yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. Yeah. And especially uh, then sometimes, you know, like, I'll be honest with you, you know, when the Juan kid Mesa, and I'm not ashamed to say, I, you know, I laid an egg, I froze. You know, with Little Red Lopez, you know what I mean? I fought a great fight, then I fight for the title again. And, uh, you know, like I said, I laid an egg, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it happened. Yeah. The pressure. So I can understand if Surdo uh, didn't didn't fight because fighting for the title, especially a great fighter like Bible, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's in other words, it's easier said than done. You know, you're absolutely right, Mike. Um, in, in that aspect of it, I didn't know much about this kid going in. I think you know a little bit more, but I would say that when it's when you're fighting for the title, you're fighting for all the marbles, and you need to be able to let everything go. You want to leave. You want to like. You want to go out on your shield. I understand that grab without a doubt. But the pressure, but the pressure you're under, you know what I mean, yeah, Michael? Yeah, 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 a lot of pressure. It looked to me like Ramirez wasn't really uh, prepared to go to that place, to that dark place 
that he might have had to go if he was seriously um, invested in winning and, he, and if he seriously had self-belief. To be it honest, some- man, very, very few fighters are. Very few fighters are because it, it's um, so much of it is about momentum. Like if you feel confident going into the fight, then you can maintain that confidence going through. But if you if you go into that fight and you're in your realistic mind, you're not sure you're going to get that. That's a question, exactly. Yeah, but then it's then it's a difficult thing. And especially then you get to you know the environment, the time change, you know the time change, the different you know the different the different types of food. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's 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 uh, well, it's not hard to advantage. adapt, right? It's not hard field home field advantage. Like, look at Mayweather, for instance, he'll never fight outside of Vegas. Well, he didn't when he was really competing, yeah, yeah. And that is home field advantage because you don't have to adjust to any time, you don't have to adjust to the any of the uh, discomforts of not being at home, none of that. Everything's just 100% the way you want it, so you're perfectly fine going in. And 80% and Mexican, you know what I mean? They're thinking <laughs> of that, you know what I mean? The Mexican flags flying all over the place, especially in Vegas. So yeah. you, then you have the home field advantage, but this time, you know, it was everything was neutralized. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, the interesting thing was that uh, Zerdo looked huge in the ring. He looked like a, a like an old school nineteen seventies heavyweight in terms of his physical stamina. Yeah. He and sure yet, did. He did, didn't he? And yet, it was uh, Bivol who looked when Bivol felt like sticking it on him and being physical and asserting yeah. himself. Yeah. He he had zero respect for the scent, for the size and strength of Ramirez, as it turned out, you know, and was able to push him around when he felt like it. Mikey, Mikey, as you well know, when you're uh, and and you know as well, Ben, when you have skills and you're confident in your skills, there's nothing anyone can like. Remember that quote Mike Tyson said, something about bring me your primitive weapons or something like that. That's really what it's like when you're when you when you have skills over an individual and you well, know it. When it, when Mike Tyson said, "How dare they challenge me with their primitive skills?" Exactly. Yes. The Sphinx fight. Yeah. And that's what it's really all about. When a fighter is confident, when they look at another fighter and they do, know they don't have the skills to step in the ring with them, it's it's a wash. It's not even an issue. It it really it's a mindset. If you go into the mindset with with the, you know, they're gonna have to take me out dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh. That's you know a do or die uh, uh, aspect. That's hard to beat. When yeah. you go in and you, when you go in and you said you know what, he's gonna have to to annihilate me because I you know I want taking the title, and that's hard to beat. When you got that, that frame of mind and you psyched out, but like like Michael was saying, but if you go with only instead of a hundred percent, just like seventy five percent, that's not gonna cut it. Sure, yeah. and and you know afterwards there was a quote I saw on uh, Twitter today from Ramirez, where he said that, you know, I did what I had to do. I worked the body. I thought I did enough, but the judges did what they had to do. They, they, they do their job. I did mine. And it seemed the, you know, the essence of that seemed to be that he was in denial, you know, because he, if he won two rounds of that fight, it, one was being generous to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hey, thought, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. Mikey, Mikey, you first, please. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of fighters, they lie to themselves. You know what I mean? It's good, you know, you you, uh, you have to admit with someone, you don't, you know, like the Juan K. Mesa fight. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to sit there and lie while I was ahead, but I didn't have it in that fight. But that's, for some reason, I choked. And that's one of the hardest things for a fighter to admit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you have to, you know, because I believe in a saying, you can lie to everybody else, but you can't lie to yourself. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, maybe uh, on reflection, uh, Ramirez will come to realise that he did lose the fight by a street. Um, the, the upshot of this is that we knew that Bivol wasn't a flash in the pan from his previous career, but because he really came to more kind of mainstream boxing attention by the win over Canelo, there was a, there was an essence, uh, there, was, there was a sense of pressure last night that he had to consolidate that victory and prove that he wasn't a flesh in the pan or a one-hit wonder, as it were. I think Bivol has proved that he was every bit as good as people suspected he was. Yeah. They didn't already know it. Yeah. And all the talk now in the light heavyweight division is of a showdown with Arta uh, Betabiev. Um, yeah. How do you call that one, Michael? That is a, a hard fight to call. I, You know, I, I noticed certain things about Bivol last night, and, and I thought that there was, there was little sort of like chinks in the armor that somebody like Baterbiev could take advantage of. 
Um, I haven't looked in the. I haven't looked at it in the way of Bebo being able to take advantage of Berterbiev yet. So I need to take a look at. I need to look at it both evenly and then give my kind of like analysis of what what I think would happen. But that's a great fight. I I think that is the best fight in boxing today. You prefer that fight than than Tank Davis versus oh absolutely, absolutely. you know um, Ryan yeah. Garcia or yeah um, yeah I mean I think that's because those two boys look like like super kids you know what I mean they're just yeah. they're just amazing. What about animals. Spence Crawford? You prefer it to Spence Crawford? You think it's an even better fight than that? Yeah, I do. I, I'm really I I strongly go for Crawford in that one. I really don't see. I, I mean, obviously Spence is incredibly talented, but I just think the physicality of Crawford is just going to be too much in that fight for Spence, given what he's gone through in the last few years. Uh, I don't know if he's really come back 100 percent to be able to handle that. Do you have any thoughts, I, Mike, on um, Bivol versus Baturbiev? Uh, well, I haven't seen. I haven't seen uh, uh, I pronounce his name correctly, Baturbiev. I haven't seen him fight, but they say he's a good fighter. But I can tell you, Spence and Crawford, that's a good fight. Yeah. And uh, and then you know uh, the the big fight with uh, Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. I'm a big Ryan Garcia fan, and uh, you know I know he hasn't been tested, but he's been dropped. And when he fought Campbell, uh, Luke Campbell, and uh, I like what I see, and I think he has uh, the package to handle it. But now, Tank Davis can hit. You saw what he did to Raleigh Romero. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? That was, you know, what I mean, caught him coming in perfect. You know, Raleigh Romero was super confident, yeah. and maybe that could have been Raleigh Romero's downfall. The confidence, the confidence factor can, you know, I think it hurt him. But the um. The, the, um... The update with that particular situation is that Oscar De La Hoya said they've done everything from their end. Both both teams have agreed the deal. They said now the only thing to be resolved is the networks to decide what they're going to do, you know, and to resolve their differences. But De La Hoya said as far as on the managerial side, that uh, Davis versus Garcia is made and it's a done deal. Um, do Mike fancies Garcia as the bigger man? I, I I lean towards Tank to be honest with you, Silk. I don't know how you'd see it. Yeah, I I tend to I tend to lean towards Tank myself as well. I mean, Ryan Garcia's got all the attributes you'd want. I mean, he's got heart, he's got speed, he's got all those things. I, I just look at Tank as like he just does these things that are that are just so confirming of his professionalism like the yeah. way he slips and counters the way he can and oh, he's a great fighter he's yeah. a great fighter Not thank david you know i just the only reason why i like uh ryan garcia is the height and uh, you know he's tall and he's game yeah. now yes, when you get good. hit that's the question you know what i mean yeah. a lot of times thank davis has been in the big fights mm -hmm. uh ryan garcia has been you know not a big fight. You know, he has to fight the competition. Tank, Day Tank Davis has fought. So this is going to be a big test. Yeah. So, you know, that's when it comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the ability, Mikey, to, um, to be able to get to a fighter. It's almost like this kid, uh, Tank, has done the homework. You know what I mean? Like he, he understands what he has to do to get to, to, cut, to cut the advantages of Garcia down. Like the reach, for instance, and 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 Garcia is absolutely a fast fighter, and maybe even quicker quicker reflexes than Tank himself. But at what point does like speed isn't going to do it for you? At this point, it's going to have to be timing, and timing and speed are not one and the same. You know what I mean? As a timing, so, so the fact that he's able to slip the punch and counter like the way he does is just so it's such a like. Once you throw the punch, you're open, and for that split second you're open and tank davis is able to take advantage of that and that's where i see i'm not i'm not sure like uh garcia overwhelms his opponents with his with his ability you know what i mean I right don't that, i don't know that uh he's going to be able to over overwhelm tank with that ability it's not the same thing is exactly what I, what I think this is my opinion tank davis what you're saying everything about tank davis is true but the factor, the factor that Ryan Garcia has is the reach factor. If he can, you know, uh, uh, agitate and aggravate uh, a tank, because tank is small, one of the disadvantages, uh, one thing I learned, and it's not always true, a good big fighter will always beat a good little fighter. But, but we know it's not always true. We know it's not always true, Mike, because we spoke yeah, about Yeah, true. I understand that, yes. 
Yes, no, you're right. You're correct. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm saying, but more than 50%, it is true. Sometimes, you know, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying, but if, if Garcia is smart, keeps his distance, because Tank Davis is what, 5'1", 5'2", uh, or not 5'4". No, no, I, I'm not being funny. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> come on, Michael. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but, but, but he's not tall I think five, I'm not sure, but 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, uh, yeah, I'm just guessing. Yeah, about 5'4", five, maybe 5'4", five, sounds right to me. Yeah, well, he's my height, 5'4", and I, everybody I thought was big. You know yeah. what I mean? I thought yeah. all my career, everybody was taller than me. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I, I know the disadvantages. Well, Mikey, look at your fight with De with um with uh, Little Red, for instance, right? Like he had a huge height and reach advantage against you. And what and what did you do? You you backed up. You fought him off the ropes, pretty much. You know, which is also unheard of. You fought him out of the corner. You fought him with your back to the ropes. All those things are kind of like not what a boxing trainer would teach you to do to fight somebody. Right. You get off the road. Were you able to take that and use that to your advantage? Why? Because of your, like, you're incredible. Like, you have. Because he was coming to me, and the thing is that I know how to use the ropes. And I, and it was telling me, because at that time, it was 15 rounds. Exactly. The fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to be honest, and not to make any excuses, because I don't want to do that. Yeah. And take away from Lord Lopez, he's a great champion. Yes. But I felt I had overtrained for that fight. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was running, you know, and that time I didn't really know how, you know, I mean, like, uh, you, you train hard, you peak, yeah. and then you taper down, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And what happened is, and I was, and I was terrified, I thought I had overdid. I was running 15 miles a day without yeah. rest. Now, Miles, yeah, why? yeah, yeah. I was running a lot of miles. I was running from eight to nine to ten miles in wow. the morning. You know, what I mean, I was running too much. And and then by the time I got to fight, I had pulled my groin. Yeah. And but then again, I'm not making no excuses. You know, what I mean, yeah. you know, that's the way it is. You but you learn. Yeah, oh, you learn exactly. Well, let me ask you about that then, because you know, in those days of 15 round fights, I fought one of the last ones, but you were like the king of that stuff. You were right in the midst of it, and it was it was expected. How much training would you do going into a fight? Looking looking at what they do today, for instance, you did, you know, would you always do 15 miles of road work? And would you supplement that also with training in the gym, like actual boxing and sparring that same day? How many rounds sparring would you do going into a 15 round fight? Well, you know, that time, you know, I mean, and, and also too, I had I fought with a broken nose because I was sparring with Walter Waits and then you know the guys to, to for the height, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I yeah. fought with guys. I was only a featherweight, and really, I wasn't really a featherweight. When I went into a fight, I was weighing 122, 123 pounds. No, yeah. that was super bad. Way, but at that time, there were you know, uh, uh, I was fighting way over my weight, so. Michael, I hear exactly what you're saying, and that was another question I had for you, and I don't want to segue off into something, but I have to ask you, how many fights did you go into injured with an injury? Because this is something that happens with boxers, I feel, consistently. But oh, with yeah. Athletes, with other athletes, if they get hurt, someone else is going to take the, take a place for them or something. But yeah. with boxers, it's never that way. How many fights have you gone? Can you remember the big fights that you Oh, got? yeah. Uh, like one time, I think when I fought uh, Pomofito Gomez, I had an injured, an injured right hand, yes. and you know what I mean. And uh, I, uh, uh, my father injected me with Novocaine, and and my knuckles. You know, yeah. I had a doctor. You know, me because my hand, my right hand, I, yeah. I think I had broken. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. I was a kid. I was in high school, and I got, I got jumped because he said I was dating his girlfriend or whatever. And <laughs> and uh, you know, a dumb. You know, you, I was what seventeen at the time. Yeah. And I fought for my teacher Gomez, so I was, a, I was a dumb kid. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And uh, anyway, to make the long story short, then, you know, like a fighter, you know, and then the promoters, you know, they can't postpone the fight because of the ticket sales. And then, and then you have to fight. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you're right. I couldn't pull out because I had a, a busted hand. 
And when I, when I fall a little bit open, I, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, I had broken my nose. So mm -hmm. the fight, you know, you know what I mean? So if you look at the fight, my nose is twice the size that it is now. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, so, and but the fight well, had to go on. The first knockdown, you can clearly see that Mike is in pain from the nose. It's not the power of the punch itself or the flurry. It literally is because his nose is, is in agony and, and it's finally registered through the adrenaline, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and what happened was that he hit me, and then my eyes watered. You know what I mean? And I, and I knew he was coming in, and so I went down on one knee, not to get hit, because I I learned through boxing, and Michael knows what I'm talking about, and so do you, Ben. The fight that puts you, the punch that puts you down, is the punch you don't see. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. you know, you, you know what I mean? Because you don't see the shot when you when you realize you're getting up. Oh man, I got dropped. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I got dropped, and you're getting this stuff up. Like when I fought at the forum against uh, uh, Solis's brother, I yes. got dropped in the, oh, in the yeah. first round. Uh, 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 I got dropped in the first round, and I went, man, here we go again. I got dropped, and but the, 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 your mind is talking to you. Yes. You know what I mean? You get up and right, right away, you know what I mean? You go into, into uh, not panic mode, but you go into, you know, all hands on deck, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, Mike, so uh, I'm sorry, Ben, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, the, the thing that's interesting, when he talks about getting decked by Solis at the Felt Forum, that was actually the same tragic night that Willie Klassen died, or, you know, right. did that night and died a couple of days yeah, later. Yeah. And Mike said to me, um, the, the strange thing about going in there, it was his first fight under Victor Vale as well, because he'd just broken with his dad, the, uh -huh. literally the previous fight. And he yes. said the strange thing was, he felt like the angel of death was in that ring. Oh, it was. was. Really it was weird. To him. Right. It was strange. It was strange because, you know, I'm going in, I'm going with all new people, Dennis Rappaport, Victor Vaya, Victor Vaya's son. I'm going in, so it's strange for me. Yeah. But as I'm going into the crowd at the forum, man, it was like, it was cold. It was, you know, it felt weird. You know what I mean? I get into the ring and it wasn't the same. It, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and I really believe that the, that the danger of death was there. It was really, you know, because Cipion was on the undercard. Yeah. But for Cipion, yeah. 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 Uh, let me ask you, um, like, how much did your pedigree, your amateur pedigree help when you were fighting as a pro? Oh, it helped a lot. Yeah. It helped a lot. You know what I mean? Because, uh, as an amateur, I fought a lot like a pro. I so I just fought with Tony Moreno. I fought with all the pro, all professional fighters. That's how. That's my pedigree. I grew up with all the professional fighters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, the, and helped you, me. also, you also fought Tommy Herms, Hearns as an amateur, and he beat him. Yeah, fought, unlike some people. I can <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Nah, don't say that. <laughs> nah, nah. I fought Tommy Hearns in Knoxville, Tennessee, in 1974. Wow. Yeah, in the quarterfinals in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And he was what? He must have been like a bantamweight then? Or? Bantamweight, yeah. Yeah, he was a bantamweight, 119. But he was too tall and skinny, and my yes, Stewart yeah. have him. Yeah, yeah, the same height as he was when I fought him, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was tall. He yeah. just said he, he, did, he, he hadn't blossomed out yet. He was real thin. But he could hit. He could <laughs> hit, and he, fought, and he fought the same way. You know what I mean? He never changed his style. Tall, you know. That's yeah. the way I Mike Stewart had him. You know who else he beat in the amateurs, Michael? He beat no. Bernard Taylor, too. No way. Wow. Special too, yeah. Right? yeah, I beat Derek Holmes, Bernard Charles Taylor. And wow. Derek Yeah, and Charles Mooney. I should have been, you know, I mean, I should have gone to the Olympics, but this is a killer in the And why and why didn't you um go to, like were you was there a box off and you know what I mean? Because I heard about the box offs. If you now, to what happened? I was having issues, you know, uh, personal issues, you know, with my dad and stuff. And uh, what was happening is, you know, uh, you know, I know I would have made the Olympic team, um, and uh, you know, it just that all of a sudden they offered me. My father came to me and said, if I wanted to turn pro, and and uh, in the heat of the moment, you know what I mean? It was a bad decision. I decided to, you know, I turned pro. And, but you, I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you. I'm sorry, I'm jumping on yours. I have so many. No, things no. To ask you. But did your was your dad accepting of the fact, like when you go on the international team, right? You go into you train with other trainers, and you no yeah. longer train with your father. Was he uh, possessive of possessive of you like that? No, not at all. You know, what I mean, he wanted me to learn when I went, like when I went to the Soviet Union. 
And uh, would he tell me just just to remember where I come from? You know what I mean? And uh, you know, to, to the same the same the way I trained. He wanted me to travel. He wanted me to you know when I went to Russia. When I went to Russia, I was only sixteen years old. Yeah, you had to be seventeen. Yes. When I went and I went with Leonard Pryor, yeah. uh, 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 Van Vell Johnson. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, Daddy from Denver, Colorado. You know, yeah. I went with you know I was just a kid. Yeah. He definitely boxed on some of the same cards as Marvin Hagler too back in the day. Right. Which is quite a lineage, you know, quite a quite a quite a, quite a rearing in the game. I, I was I, lucky. I was lucky. I know you guys are doing a book and it's going to be a great book. I can't wait to get my hands on it, but I have to ask you as a sibling, did you always get along with your brothers? Yes and no. We got along, but the rivalry was, you know, the way we were, you know, we got along, yes, but then sometimes there was, we had some issues. But the bad thing about it is that we knew how to fight. And I remember one incident where I got into a, into a skirmish with Sammy and, uh, you know, I mean, we got, and, and I hit Sammy. We got into a battle and I hit Sammy and I cut his lip and Ooh. Sammy was going to fight. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. He got, he had a back. So my father comes in, my dad comes in and finds out and, and it was the time of, of Christmas, you know what I mean? Yeah. And boy, did he, he chewed me out, got on my ass and, and <laughs> uh, excuse the term, I'm sorry, and told me to, uh, you know, I, 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 I was grounded. I, you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. you know, and, uh, but, but that's the way it was, you know what I mean? When, yeah. Because the brothers knew, we knew how to fight, so we knew yeah. at any given time, you know, yeah, what we get the best of others. Who's, 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 the king, who's the king of the Ayala jungle then between you, the four? Well, I was the oldest, but you know, Sammy and Antony, they held their own. Believe me, they did. <laughs> so, th th was there one time? Was there one time that you were surprised? Like all of a sudden, you were like, "I got to give these guys some respect because." Oh, especially Tony. Tony, you started growing up. You know, I, I take small, small. I took after my mom. Yeah, I'm only five feet four. <laughs> I inch taller than Donato Davis. I'm just joking, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm five four and. Uh, and Tony grew up to five seven, you know. Tony and when Tony yeah. started stretching out, you know what I mean. I couldn't mess with him anymore. He was getting yeah, too yeah. big. Yeah. And uh, then Sammy, Sammy's about five seven, five eight. So Sammy and Tony and Polly are the tallest. Yes. I got it. I'm sorry, Ben. I know you have some. Well, you know what? I, I, I think it's cool. We're just going off in whatever direction we fancy going in. As I say, just so Mike knows, he doesn't think he'll still be here next Tuesday. We we, we always cut this within an hour. We go about 50 minutes usually, something like that. So we've gone 25 already. Um, If we want to talk about something current and then see where we see where we kind of uh, veer off to, off the back of it, one of the fights on the card last night was um the, the female fight, Chantel Cameron versus Jess, Jessica McGaskill. I don't know if you caught it, but McGaskill looked horribly unskilled and, and yeah. lacking finesse. I've seen it before, and mm. I wasn't overly impressed, but that really looked like super white-collar sub-novice stuff. Mm. And it just seems like um, it's a shame for some people, some of the diehards are still not down with this um, unisex kind of uh, culture that we now you know, inhabit mm. with boxing. It's a shame when you see some of the recent examples that raise the bar for, for the female game. That was pretty uh, threadbare skills-wise. Did you see it, Michael? I personally didn't see it. I was about to, and then I, I um, unfortunately, I had to go out for dinner. That's very unfortunate. You, some guys have all the bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did yeah. you see it, Mike? You, you know, I, no, I, I, I didn't see it. Was it a female fight? Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It was um, for the, I uh, believe, the like welterweight championship of the world, and I think it was undisputed. But the girl, Ms. Gaskill, who who lost, was coming down from welterweight, where she is actually the undisputed welterweight champion of the world and um but she just looked absolutely super terrible like you know what i mean I, like i've seen you know g girls with a couple of amateur fights with, with better skills and better fundamentals uh -huh, uh -huh. It's, clearly she's strong you know she, she's mm -hmm. obviously a handful and she and, and she can punch but but she just looked super terrible you know um that i was just interested to see if either one of you had seen it i know you speak about it michael you you're supportive of the idea. You're not against the idea, but you'd say that they have a long way to go till they reach that median level, which has long since been established in yeah in the bigger world of boxing, should we say? I, I think I think I mean I, I think even just the the 
male men's boxing itself still need, has a long way to go before it hits its like the higher average. Former big, former. Yes. Yeah. So, so boxing in general, but but the female boxing, absolutely, without a doubt. I don't think the I don't think the coaches, I don't think the coaching has the same, with the exception of a couple of people like Buddy McGirt and a few other boxing trainers out there. None of them really treat their fighters like they're boxers and not, and not female boxers. They they their level of expectations are extremely low. And, 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 and the things that they see as being a positive attribute are not positive. Attributes. Being able to take a bunch of punches and not teaching a person defense because they can take a bunch of punches uh, isn't, uh, I, don't, I don't think that should be acknowledged. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a skill. I think that's just. I, if my opinion is the female boxing is still, to me, is my opinion, still kind of amateurish because they're not, See, men, for some reason, females cannot go, I guess, the rounds of, like, a champion, like, they fight only eight rounds. Am I correct on a championship fight? No, they fight, fight ten twos, Mike. They fight yeah, ten twos, yeah. rounds. But there's they a fight big argument. Rounds, right? There's a big argument that they should box three-minute rounds. And I think a lot of the ladies are down with that idea and would like to do that as well. It should be. It should be. It never cuts it down. It should be. Boxing should be universal. 10, 12, 15 minutes, you know, uh, 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 three minute rounds, the same as everybody else. You know what I mean? I think. And that's, and the, I know the women are coming up, but it's still not the same as, as male boxing. You know what I mean? The skill much. set. The skill yeah. set. Interestingly, your dad spawned four talented young men who all, well, certainly three of you, well, no, two of you became, got, got to world class level. But you all had perhaps world-class potential and could have perhaps, you know, the sky was the limit. And yet his first world champion after all that tooling away. Oh, Maribel. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I I saw her fight. But what I'm saying is uh, he had to go to South Korea. And like, yeah, exactly. Maribel was was exceptional. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. But But the skill set, you know what I mean? The scripture and a lot of girls that have seen like, okay, let's take an example, okay? And I, you know, I don't. Maribel was accepted, yes, but I never thought very much of Christy Martin. No, and the skill set I'm talking about left hooks, counter punching. You know, I'm talking, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Sidestepping, you know, cutting yeah, yeah, the yeah. ring, you know, yeah. and that type of knowledge. Usually, the women are they go in and right away, it's you know, they, 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 it's a, not a lot of war. They don't, you know, block and no defense, yeah. you know, no, no things. They don't set no traps. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not really talking. I know that, you know, a female, you know, can go and knock you out at, at the right time with the right shot. But send traps and stuff, I don't think they're there yet. I haven't seen anybody, uh, not unless I, <coughs> like, uh, Look at Muhammad Ali's daughter. Uh, daughter. Uh, yeah. But with Layla, I think it was the celebrity gravitas, wasn't it? You know what I mean? And I think the same thing with Christy Martin had that kind of story behind her, that kind of old blue-collar American girl. The coal miner's daughter, yes. She was the coal <laughs> miner's daughter, remember? There, yeah. There is an interesting documentary about Christy, actually, in her pretty crazy life where she had this strange relationship with her former manager who tried to kill her and all oh, the rest. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, that was it's weird. Worth, that was the worst thing I heard about that. It's it's worth watching, you know. But um we, we don't have to get I, I don't want to talk about women's boxing endlessly. And the reason why is one of the one of the diehards who always watches anything we do is a friend of mine called John Doyle. And he really he, he is so uh traditional he's such a traditional kind of nineteen seventies man that he, lo- he loves to hear about women's boxing. And he thinks he's a massive, massive Ayala fan. He loves the whole Ayala legacy and story. And Tony Jr. is one of his favourite fighters. And I think he'd see the talking heads on these screens thinking, and they're talking about fucking women's boxing, for God's sake. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to shift gears on you right here. No, let's uh, do it. Mikey, I want to ask you, um, if you could do it all over again, what would you not do? If you could do it, your, your career, everything that how your career moved into your personal life, what would let me just make it easier? What would you do different? I guess in your in your life that would 
bring you the success you not just from winning a world title and doing what you did you accomplished so much but what did you really feel you reached your potential you fulfilled all your potential i would learn to say no saying no wow can you, you know what i mean that? yeah say no and say no uh-huh and to and who in particular go ahead and, and to who in particular would you say no to or what to you know no to like with some 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 sometimes and you know what i'm talking about they come to slip you something to give you something mm -hmm. uh drugs or 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 bad advice you know what i mean yes, and yes, follow yes. and follow what you and follow who you are you know what i mean and sometimes yeah. you could be you could be your father it could be anybody yeah but you have to follow you you know what i mean your your instincts yes I mean, and that's what fighting's all about. That's what we do in the ring, right? You get into a exactly. fight. Exactly. And, and it's all your instincts that come out. You're trained, but you're still your instincts. that They define who you are as a fighter. And that's what I love. Exactly. About it. Sometimes you can get some people come in and they get with, they get in your ingredients. They mix up your ingredients and you don't come out the way you really yeah. are. Do you know, Paul Mernaji said that about Buddy McGirt. He said he kept telling He said he took away his movement because he said, "Oh, yeah, he wanted him to have a wider stance." Yeah. And he said he had this. He had this kind of soundbite. He said, "You got to get low to stay in the show." And yeah, he was, yeah. made me more sedentary and slower yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And I think some trainers don't understand necessarily yeah. what the fighters' best attributes are. They, yeah. you know, they don't have that chemistry. Yeah. But you know, Michael, you must have come across this, and I imagine you have too, Mike. Some trainers, their whole kind of mystique is based on making the fighter think that they're a genius and making them think they're actually doing everything wrong and they need this guy if they're going to be successful and they're going to be able to realize their potential when actually the trainer is sometimes giving them the wrong advice about how they should be campaigning and how yeah. they should be boxing. You know what I mean? Well, it's, like, it's like when you're trying to make every fighter fight a certain style. It's not yeah. going to work. You can't make, you can't make uh, I don't know, Mike Tyson fight like Muhammad Ali. Or vice versa. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just not going to work. And well, this yeah, is exactly. Customato. Because people said Customato was a great uh, mentor and, and, and teacher. But they said if he couldn't get along with that peekaboo thing and, you know, that kind of slipping from the waist. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said yeah. then they had to go somewhere else. They couldn't work out of that gym uh, yeah. in Canfield because they they couldn't take root there and they couldn't develop there. And so if, they, if, they, if that didn't suit them, they had to go and find somebody else because that was what Cus taught, you know? And that was all he taught. Yeah, and, and and slightly different to, I mean, probably considerably different to what Emmanuel Stewart was able to do. He was able to help many fighters that came into his camp. And he finds their strengths and their attributes and their weaknesses. And, and you complement those. You don't necessarily That's, try to change anything. Exactly. You, you, enhance, you enhance his style. You enhance a fighter's character. That's yes. why I work with my fighters. I work with little kids and stuff, and I see, yeah. you know what I mean? Teach them, yeah. teach them defense because the name of the game, and you know, Michael, uh, the less you get, uh, the name of the game is to hit and not to get hit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, because, you know, because uh, it doesn't matter how long you fight a fight, a shot, a punch will take a little bit out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so you have to learn defense and you adapt the fight. Because one thing I learned, you never want the fighter, because the fighter can never be you. You know what I mean? Yes. You, you know what I mean? So you train the fighter to his attributes and not to yours as a trainer. Yeah. You know, interestingly, you mentioned Manny Stewart, Michael. When uh, Tony Jr. got arrested and went away for a very long time, the, and, and Mike had a, a difficult relationship with his father, and they were, sometimes they were in contact and sometimes they were not. When uh, the, the father, Tony Sr., was wondering what, what he would do with the rest of his training career, after what happened with Tony, it was Manny Stewart who, who held out a kind of... Um, exactly, uh, threw him a bone. Threw him a bone. He threw him a bone, as Mike says. And he said, why don't we set up something called Cronk West out in Phoenix, Arizona, and I yeah. want you to be the head trainer, Tony. So that was yeah. Manny Stewart. They, they were they were tight since the amateur days. Yeah, yeah. On the circuit. Yes. And it's Manny Stewart who gave Mike's father an opportunity to reinvent himself after yeah. he went away. Yeah, and he got Jesse Benavides, world champion. Yes. Jesse Benavides. Uh, uh, Gabby Canisales yeah. and Mike Stewart signed them, and he had my father train them. My yeah. father knew them as the amateurs, yeah. So, you know, I managed sort of help my dad a lot. Wow, for sure, yeah. Mike, and that's a friend, and that's a friend, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Absolutely, yeah. I'd heard, I'd read where they were tight. Um, yeah. Did anyone ever 
warn you of pugilistic dementia growing up? Like, oh, yeah. The amateur career, did, did you see it and you saw it on certain fighters or did you yourself, uh, was, did somebody tell you, listen, you should fight like this because this, the potential of this happening down the road is real? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the risk you see, uh, I would, you know, in my lifetime, you know, training, you see some fighters that were, at one time, were, were, were uh, you know, they were uh, local, local warriors and then they boxed and then, you know, they didn't work out for them. There was a guy in school, but I used to go to, to Memorial High School. They used to call him the boxer. He walked, he would walk, he was an elderly old man, yeah. and he would walk with his right hand under his chin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean, and, and uh, you know, and they call him the boxer. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. But and then you, you know, you throw him a quarter or a dime, and he would start shadow boxing. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and he was like, you know, in sixties, you know, he was yeah. already yeah. old. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But you know, he was punch drunk. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and you always live with that fear. You know what I mean? Without yeah. ending up with nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We, we and uh, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Go, go ahead. I love. Yeah, it. and you and 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 the, I've always been afraid of that. Yeah. And the thing is, that's why when I decided to retire and go to school. Yeah. And really, and, and though, and the hardest thing I think for a fighter is realizing that it's over. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I told my brother Tony. You know, when it's over, you gotta you gotta come. To realize it's over, it's not the same when nobody's going to be patting you in the back. Mm -hmm. And then that praise will turn into ridicule. Yeah. They'll laugh at you. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? The guy, look, I make more money than you. And you know what I mean? Look, you were in the big time. So these are things, these are tools that you need, a fighter needs to say, hey. Because if you respond and hurt them, you go to jail and they say, well, you're like a mad dog, like a pit bull. You need, you know, to, you need to put them down. You know something? James, um, sorry, John Tate once knocked a guy out. Yeah, he knocked a guy out on the street because he said, I'm going to do to you. The guy just just some have a go hero on the street said, I'm going to do to you what Mike Weaver did did to you. Yeah, that's a true story. And, yeah. And, and, so anyway, so he knocked the guy out and so he was he was in he was in the dock, you know, in court for assault. And the judge was trying to establish, like they always do, whether you felt genuinely threatened by this person and whether you acted yeah. in self-defense. Sure. And he said, did you honestly think this man was going to knock you out? And John Tate said, no, but I didn't think Mike Weaver was going to knock me out either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a great story. Isn't it? It's incredible how people don't understand, like when you're dealing with someone that's a professional in anything, you're talking about somebody that's exceptional, like it's been, it's been part of your life, all your life. You know what I mean? That you, you know, like put your pants on, you yeah. box. You know what I mean? Like put your pants, put your shoes on. You know, you're like, yeah. and, and you know, so we understand. We have like it's like it's like you have a superpower, it really is. You're not going to be bothered by somebody on the street that's going to come up and talk to you about some some smack that you know what I mean? Because you know what happens if you. Just all you have to do is clip him with something and it's a lights out affair. It's not like Oh yeah, because you know how to hit. You know where to hit, you know, right, right in the chin. It and the fight's right. over, or you or you bust him up, you cut his eye, or yeah. you you work the body, you know, uh, you know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And the guy in the street you, I find it hard to imagine you in a physical altercation on the street, Silk. I can imagine Mike Ayala in one, definitely. Any of the Ayala's, I can imagine. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I can imagine, I've yeah. had street fights myself, but I find it really hard yeah. to figure out. No, I'm definitely not a street fighter, but I know one thing for sure, that I, I know that that if I'm able to drop a professional boxer... Oh, yeah, I know that you... I just, on and, you know what I mean? Like it, I yeah. just see you as more cerebral and just that kind of... It, ah. You you don't come across as a very aggressive person whatsoever. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. Or I'm, even I'm, I am the last. I'm the last person to pull the trigger. That's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm no doubt. Like I say, I I don't doubt that you you could kill a man with a with you know with a left hook. But um, but it just it's not something I automatically associate with you. The idea of, I imagine you have a way of walking through the world, charming all and sundry to the point where people don't want to pick fights with you. That's my feeling. <laughs> let me let me ask. You, can we do something? Can we do like a quick like uh a word association. If I give you a word, Mike, that you yep. uh, that you come back with a feeling, with a feeling. Yeah, yep. like if I, I if I say a name to you, then what 
feelings do you associate with that name? I don't know. Go ahead. Try it. Let's try it. Okay. So, uh, Johnny Tapia, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Tragic. Tragic. And why do you say that? Because I knew Johnny Tapia. I heard of his problem. And the thing is that I think tragic because I had a brother like that. And sometimes you can't deal, you know, they can show you the problem. Yeah. This is what's happening. This is what's destroying you. And sometimes you think, well, the easiest thing for people to say is, oh, just don't do it. It's not that easy. No, no. And that's been part of your life for a long time. And, you know, you come from that culture. It's not easy just to let it go. And then if it's everywhere where you go and people associate, you know what I mean? It takes, I've been clean for 40 years. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, to say no, a lot of people say, hey, you know, I had to go to school. I had to start all over again. Yeah. To get my life. You know what I mean? I was once the number one contender in the world. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Had the world accuse the term by, you know what? Yeah. And the thing is that I made some crucial mistakes. Yeah. And then I had to start all over again. But I'm glad. And I thank God every day of my life that I got the opportunity yeah. to do it again. Go back to school. Start all over again. Yeah. And the same issue there, and then realize that hey, you know what, you you can't be like that. You have to if you want something, there's other ways to approach it. That's kind and of the hard thing about it, and the thing about it, you're not gonna get to make it to the top. You gotta go the old fashioned way. You gotta work for it. You can't. You, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be given to you. Yes. Next word. Oh, so um, my next word was. Boxing itself. When I say boxing, boxing itself, drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, when I say Tony, tragic. I go again with the same uh, as you know. I mean, uh, I love my brother, and, and sometimes I was with him to the end. And the, the thing is that. You know what's scary? And I know you, Michael, and uh, Ben. It gets a part of your life that you can't, you ask yourself, where am I going? Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you deal with drug addiction, alcoholism, or whatever. Yeah. Or in life, that, you know, what are you going to do with your life? You reach a point that every young man, you know, you hear about all these people. Yeah. Every young man comes to a point, especially a male. Yeah. What are they going to do with their life? Yeah. You know, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. If you have boys, yeah. you know what I mean? What are you going to do with your life? You know what I mean? You know, you have to come. And sometimes you have, to, you know what I mean? Sometimes you have to, you have to swallow your pride. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. And that's one of the hardest things for a man to do. I so think did you see this happening? Did you see this happening with Tony, like a gradual... This gradual descent. Cause did you see him in the gym? Like his skills were changing, or I know he had gone to prison and then he'd come out. He came back. No, Tony had his. Tony always had his his skills and and, and uh, stuff. But when he came out the last time, he was already an older man. He was already he had have his hair, and and uh, you know the charm, the charisma. You know it fades. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know like. And the thing is that, you know what I mean? Like in anything in life, you know, the reason I know that good because it happened to me. Sometimes when you think, I've been to places where they used to let you in, yeah. you go into the door and they stop you. No, man, you're not allowed in here no more. Well, how come I... Crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know what I mean? And you and then you realize that, well, you know, you're drunk. You're, yeah. you're, you're not dressed properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you realize that, hey, you know what? I... Like I said, you got to look at yourself and say, realize look, this is where I'm going. Then you change, and then people start noticing. People, people are very forgiving. 
People, yes. if they see you trying, they will give you a chance. Yes. They will give you an opportunity. Because they, I was given the opportunity, mm-hmm. and I took it. And I think you know, I mean, reasons why that you two are both happy, successful people post boxing is because you were able to find a new life, not necessarily a new identity, but you were able to channel it into some other area where you you haven't and wound up with a gym bag full of broken dreams and regrets. Not that you both absolutely have elements of that. Because let's face it, you both nearly got to the mountaintop in terms of, you know, the, the pinnacle of professional boxing. But you both appear to have just found a direction in life where you can give your energies to, which, which, which makes you happy. Well, here's what's confusing to me for a second, Ben. How do you fight Danny Little Red Lopez for 15 rounds and not win the world title? What happened there? Like, Do you know just... what he did the night before? The night... I, I guess he will anyway. Oh yes, with the uh, with the was with the, it over uh, to Mike? Well, well, what happened is he, like I tell you, and I'm not ashamed to say, it, I was a drug addict. Yes. Uh, you see, I was overtrained and stuff, and you know, I mean, I'm not using it as an excuse, but I had an addiction, and what happened to deal, you know, I mean, to go going into the fight, I'm not gonna excuse, I was beat up. I had a broken nose. I had a pool growing. I was beat up. I was overtrained. Yeah. But, and to, and see, a lot of people think the pressures, everything was so intense. The first title fight in San Antonio fight, I mean, I, I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. See, and I'm not using an excuse. Maybe it was a, a, a form of cowardice, but I, I shot up the night before. You know what I mean? I to see. calm down. To realize the pressure was intense, uh-huh. but I, but, but I, uh, I was using it to, to, to get my, myself calm again, to find myself, yeah. you know what I mean? To, okay. And that's what happened. I went 15 rounds, but I was already, uh, you know, I was tired. I was beat up. I was noticing that Yeah. And believe me, to this day in my life, I regret yes. what I'd done. Mm-hmm. I could have been world champion. I could have been Olympic. And all the guys, Charles Mooney, I beat him. Silver medals in the Olympics. Bernard Taylor. Yeah. You know what I mean? All these guys. But yet, you know what I mean? But the thing I'm happiest about, I got my life. Yes. And look what I'm doing now. I'm talking to two great people. Oh, and talking wow. about boxing and I'm alive. You know what I mean? And thank God. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel bad for my brother, Tony. Yes. I feel bad for Aaron Pryor. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, 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 look at uh, 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 talking about um, uh, uh, from New Mexico. Tapia. Tapia. Yeah, that uh, Tapia. You know, what I mean, I I realized he had the real title coming back and then everything, but he couldn't break away from that from you know from cocaine. Yeah, and, and heroin. You, yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and addiction. You know, what I mean, you know, I'm lucky to get away like like so, but like. You have to say you gotta be happy with yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? You gotta be happy with yourself and realize, hey, you know what? And I'm glad I found it. And I'm glad, you know, I'm here with you guys. You know, um I, I absolutely relate to what you're saying. And and it's and as a fighter, it's so it's so um it's so disappointing. Like you you fought for two title fights, Michael. Yeah, you fought yeah. you, you know how it is, you know, you're expected then and the outcome doesn't work out for you. You know what you do sometimes, Mike, and and you don't even realize it, but you self sabotage. There's just yeah. ways that you do your exactly, self-care. yes, sir. Yeah, and 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 some of the things like um, things we're addicted to, whatever it is, it, it could be anything. It could be the most inane, small thing, but you do it. You live, and it's just it just kills your ability, and it kills right. you. It kills your your natural instincts, your intellect. It's just it's almost like you don't believe you're worth it. Like you you uh, right. Oh yeah. Then sometimes you know it's self degrading. Yes. And uh, you, you know what I mean. And you know what I mean. And the best one you gotta learn. The most important for a fighter that he has to learn to love himself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean. Then once you learn that, and then you know you you got you know you, you get out of it. Do you know um. One thing somebody mentioned earlier, by the way, because I, I want to feel that we're engaging with our audience w- w- when we actually have one. And somebody <laughs> mentioned it's not particularly relevant to what we've been speaking about for the last several, you know, several minutes. But 
So you were talking about Mayweather never ventured outside of Las Vegas, didn't want to fight outside of Las Vegas, but it's just come up again. Here it is from Danny Graham. He said, what about when Floyd fought Getty in Atlantic City and stopped him? So he was he was basically picking us up about 20 minutes ago saying that yeah. Mayweather did fight outside of Las Vegas because he fought um, Getty in Atlantic City. I think the thing is, Mayweather in his earlier career fought in various different places in the United States. He fought in Michigan and, and, and all sorts. It mm-hmm. was by the time he'd established himself at welterweight that he didn't want to move out of Vegas. Yeah, and people were saying it. One of the reasons, amongst many, was that he did. He was allowed to inject Novocaine to his hands, I believe, or whatever it was. Oh, exactly. right. Okay. Something like that, because he had problems with his hands. So, um, yeah. The reason... I, I, generally, they put like it was a cortisone shot in your knuckle, and that was yeah. kind of like dulling the. the... Well, in between the knuckles, that was you know I I, I got injected with the Palmasito Gomez fight, and the right hand they injected me, and and, and in between the knuckles. The Novocaine, yeah. and then you know it, it numbed it. Mm-hmm. It was the, well, I, they gave me Novocaine. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I got uh, cortisone. I, I know I got cortisone in my. Oh, you had cortisone in your hands? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, got, just once though. Yeah. Uh, so Floyd Mayweather was in London this weekend. Actually, you know, he was at the York Hall, Bethnal Green. I don't know if you've heard of a venue. You probably have, Michael. But there's a venue in uh, Bethnal Green in the East End of London called the York Hall. And it's okay. kind of like our equivalent to the Blue Horizon or the Olympic mm-hmm. Auditorium. Yeah. It's kind of seminal, you know, spiritual home of British boxing, small, yeah. smallish <laughs> venue. And Floyd was there for a press conference for whatever he's doing. You know, he's doing these exhibitions and he's going up against some, I don't know if the guy's a YouTuber or, a, yeah, or an he is, yes. whatever he is. But, he, you know, it's, it's of minimal interest to me. But, yeah. but Floyd is able to make uh, obscene sums of money in his post-career, mm-hmm. you know, now he's not competing. He's just on the kind of vaudeville circuit, and he's still doing well at that. And I guess we should be, I guess we should be in favour of, of that. Yeah, the idea that yeah, he's able, absolutely. To, you know, if more fighters were able. Ricky Hatton, by the way, is getting ready for an exhibition against Marco Antonio Barrera. I think that's November twelfth. I think it's next weekend. Wow. And if you look at Ricky, it was postponed the first time because of for whatever reason. But yeah. he's absolutely buzzing, and he looks all thin, and you know, skinny again, yeah. and kind of defined cheekbones yeah. and glowing. <laughs> He's got that kind of glow that you get when you're training yeah. for a fight. Yeah. And I think it's a shame, isn't it, in a way, that fighters can't keep going on for many years after they, they've lost the cutting edge kind of form. You yeah. know, after they've retired, it's a shame yeah. that they can't stay busy in some kind of league like that, which keeps yeah. them fit and keeps them focused, do you think? Yeah. Well, it's the nature of the beast because boxing, no matter what, especially if you have two fighters in there that, um, you know, they were once really capable, they're not anymore. They can go up probably against somebody who's not, a competitive boxer, but to go up against a competitive boxer, all of a sudden you're going to start thinking you're that guy again, and he's going to start thinking he's that guy again, and yeah. all of a sudden it's going to get too real, and you know you get injured. I mean, it's we all know it, it's going into a fight healthy is hard enough. It's extremely yeah. difficult to box for train for two months and you're sparring every pretty much every day, and you're doing yeah, exactly. at least six to eight rounds, at least six to eight rounds sparring. And to not be injured going into a fight. It's just it's just on the yeah. possibility. It's terrible. You know, like the only thing I don't like about this, I love boxing. Boxing's been all my life. And when they do things like this, then they make it into a carnival. You know what I mean? To a carnival, like you know what I mean? And it takes away from the young fighters that are working hard to make it. In the so, sport, you know are I mean? you talking about Hatton, Hatton versus Barrera exhibition and Floyd Mayweather versus whoever it is, some clown? I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather when he's fighting like the Jake Pauls and all those stuff, yeah. guys that are not even fighters, the YouTubers. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Now, if you're talking like the fighters, if the musicians like Frankie Valli and and, and uh, <laughs> the Four Seasons and stuff, and the, they're bringing the old songs, that's fine. Barrera, uh, sure. Barrera against Ricky Hatton, they're going to be only the shell of themselves. So the world. We're not going to see, you know, the you know the the, the classic. Barrera was, you know, when he uh, fought uh, uh what's uh kids? No, no, when he fought uh when he was one of his best, the guy from England, uh, Prince Mohammed, uh, Hamed. Oh yeah, yeah, Prince, yeah Prince, he, uh, Nassim Ahmed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When he fought him. Barrero was in, you know, was in his heyday, you know what I mean? Or he was, yeah, was. already losing the edge, but still, you know, he won the championship back in. He regained himself. But had okay, that's fine. You know, those are the classics. 
had and stuff. I don't mind that. But when you get fighters fighting, uh, like I don't agree with Mayweather's doing, fighting guys that, you know what I mean, the, to preserve our sport, why may, would you cheapen it, make it a carnival, you know what I mean? I think Mayweather certainly does. I mean, I think t two ex-pros like Hatton and Barrera, while I have zero interest actually in the exhibition and, and could care less what happens or, or, or I don't suppose I will watch it, I just prefer to see Ricky Hatton looking inspired and, and yeah. fit. And yes, but those are the classics, exactly. With a massive it beer gut on a beach for the looking like he wants to kill himself with a glass of champagne in his hand, you know. <laughs> but uh, that that's what I think is positive. Mayweather, to be honest, I don't really have anything positive to say about exhibitions with guys like Logan Paul and as yeah. for that other idiot, the brother who a lot yeah. of people are starting to take seriously now you know, I, yeah. I do think that's injurious to the integrity of our sport, I absolutely believe that. But, I agree with you 100%. But I suppose ultimately Floyd is, he's obviously a huge success story insofar as he was able to um, secure his financial security and, and several generations in front of him's financial security if he so chooses, while minimizing the amount of harm and damage he took certainly it would appear at this stage well, I, I also think yeah that's that's absolutely true ben but and also like the thing is with mayweather he understands the kind of money he has he has to continue to make that kind of money otherwise he's going to be losing it if he's not making it you're losing it right that's the because trouble with being rich right that's the, that's trouble, that's with the problem with being rich you can't all of a sudden say you're you know and, and your company can stop selling whatever it was selling when you're and still expect to see that any billions in your bank account. It just doesn't happen that way. It, you it's complex, isn't it? You to pay taxes on it. I think money, when, when money gets colossal, I think it assumes a life of its own or several exactly. different lives. Yeah. And it can all go horribly wrong. And yep. you, know, you know what Rocky, Rocky Graziano said? The only good thing about being poor is it doesn't cost any money. <laughs> but it'll, cost it'll cost something else that's for sure <laughs> but um guys we're, we're about to hit the hour mark um oh, man. i would like to finish on some kind of crescendo i'm gonna i'm gonna entrust this one to you silk if you want to ask mike a final question which we will use as a wrap for this what i feel as a wrap wow i guess i mean i did i, I already asked you if you fine. had the opportunity okay. to do yeah. it all over again what it was you would do did I did I not already ask that I might dimension yeah you did yes exactly yes. yes and I said no the word said no <laughs> okay yeah. um so on that note no really um Paul oh, let me see uh, I have so many what's the cutest card girl you ever saw I'm gonna be honest with you okay now hold on I'm gonna be honest now it's all right I'll be honest with you when you focus in a fight and the yeah. guy and you know the other guy you don't worry. You, you don't worry about the card girls. That was I my mean, problem. That was that's my you problem. That's why you went wrong, Silk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't worry about the card. I, I mean, I, I was not a card girl, but that wasn't in my mind. I was yeah. worried about the guys who going to won't worry now. Okay. I was concentrating on the fight, on the fight. I didn't worry about the card girls. That's the promotion. I'm doing. I'm the performer. I'm gonna perform. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So, since you want to finish this on a kind of um, light-hearted kind of female a card like, girl heavy note silk I'll, I'll ask you a question <laughs> ready i'll ask you a question Cl clarissa shields or alicia baumgartner well um alicia baumgartner was the girl who just fought right yes clarissa? um i'd clarissa. go with clarissa you think she's cute though yeah 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 i think she's i think she's cuter i think yeah yeah Do yeah you do you have an opinion on this one, Mike, before we call this one a wrap? I don't know. Is this legal? I, I don't know. What do you mean? Is uh, I'm oh, staying yeah, neutral. Yeah. I go neutral. I, I... Okay, listen. Listen, champ. I, when I say champ, I'm talking to him, by the way. You told me not to call you champ. I call Mike I champ. Okay. I, call a lot of, I no. call a lot of time fighters who I look up to champ. But my, Michael Alagele says I can't call him champ because he never quite made it. So, so Silk and champ, Michael it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please get on board with Ace Podcast Nation. Check subscribe to the channel. You can become a member via Patreon. You will enable them to make more content like this. We're going to keep going with this. We will take over the world at some point. You know, leave it with us. Um, guys, thanks for showing up. Silk, as always. Mike, always Thank a pleasure. You, Mike, Thank I, you for having me on. Thank you for having me on. I can't tell you how honored I am to speak with you, brother. It's been, I've, you know, obviously I've seen your...
your work. I've known of you so much. I was so excited when Ben told me he, he was going to have you on, on with us. So I'm so honored, and I look forward to shaking your hand one day, brother. I hope Same you guys here, sir. Thank you. I, I appreciate that very much, Michael. You're a great, yeah, great friend. A Thank you. A hero. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed watching it as much as we enjoyed doing it. Yeah, I did. This is amazing. Awesome. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.